It's simply Christmas. We're at episode 289 and we're in our second week of this Simply Christmas series. And I just want to give a shout out to those of you that noticed the Big Bird hat uh, stocking cap. On it was social. awesome. That's a good hat, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was great. I tried to see, it was a little bit too far back in my head though. And I, I you could only barely see the eyes and the beak on there on the meatball, but it was, uh, it's as close as I could get. And I did. I was just impressed you had that picture at all. I just really was. I have them all now. I, awesome. uh, my mom gave them to me and I had to go digging them in the garage, but it uh, only took me about a half an hour and I found what I was looking impressive. for. Yeah. And now, you know, I didn't want to make Ken jealous because, you know, now that That's he true. likes Big Bird, but. That's true kind of wish I had the hat. And then mm-hmm. I found another picture of myself in my pack first Packer gear, Chester Markle jersey and a oh, yeah. the old custom, the old G on the old single bar helmet, Packers helmet. Oh yeah. And I posted that just on Twitter just for myself and someone's like, "Man, you do you still have them?" And I'm like, "No, I don't know what happened to them. My mom <laughs> could probably answer those questions." So it was kind of a walk down memory lane and that half an hour turned into three hours of me looking at old photos. <laughs> Walk down memory lane. So this last week, we had a lot of cool stuff happening. There was Bethlehem set up outside the church. Stanley was the spice guy with frankincense from Amazon. The whole thing, petting zoo. And I just thought to myself, you know, maybe you're listening to the podcast and maybe you're local to the Orlando area. And maybe, like you haven't been to church in a while, and you're like, you know, maybe I should think about going. I think you should. This is just an open invitation to join us. Especially this next uh, next Sabbath, yeah. next Saturday, we What's have our big Christmas program on uh, this coming Saturday. So is it this? It is. Yep. It's the big one, and it's, uh, it's the one everybody looks forward to. And so, I just say, you know, even if you don't live in the Orlando area, I know people that are traveling to be here. I uh, really? I know people that are coming from North Carolina, and I mean, just you know, people travel. Well, then it's worth gonna... it. So we'll actually not be here. That's doggone. Well, miss too you. Bad. You're gonna miss it. I'll have to admit, I've never really liked church Christmas programs. I hated being in them as a kid because they would always pick like the three of my, myself and two friends to be the three wise men. And then we would get up front and someone would give a look. We'd laugh. Parents would be mad and the teachers would yell at us. And then we'd sit down and we're like, please don't ask us to do this again. Boy, this is year. a common story. I, I remember that well, yeah. too. I and got then, in trouble why, for why would you ask? Why would you ask the next year then? I don't know. But they did. Yeah. Every year. Was, you, know. you got that, too? I, you know, I don't know if I got asked every year. I might have been fired. My maybe my community was big enough they were able to fire me. As a, but I definitely remember getting up front and getting talked to later for laughing and goofing. It is a common ploy. The baby Jesus. It's a common ploy for teachers to look at kids who are not doing well and saying, "Hey, rise to the occasion and see if this will actually work." Right. But so it, you'll it, actually turn out wise. Come on, you put three little boys <laughs> kneeling for 45 exactly. minutes and you think that this is going to end well? I mean, really? I mean, well, they had us, and I'll never forget, they would bring, there was a, next to the Green Bay Church, there just down the road was a nursing home. And we used to go there on a weekly basis and, you know, hang out with the residents and sing songs. And then during Christmas, we would always go and perform there. And then they would, that was kind of like our trial run. And we would we would do that, and so the three the three Shane Jeff and, and Randy were inseparable, and every not time, me by the way that's not, not you're right a Jeff. different Jeff, <laughs> and it was a and but every time it's like the three people that can't sit together in church, 
because all it takes yeah. is anytime you're not supposed to, it doesn't have to be it funny. It doesn't even have to no. be a joke. No, the, nothing has to be said. No. You look yeah. at each other and then, so yeah. they asked us to be, we three kings of Orient are. Yeah. Bearing gifts, we traverse afar, right? Right. And we didn't even get to we three kings <laughs> yeah, singing. I was say, you never got that And far. they wouldn't quit playing the piano. They would just keep going yeah. and keep like, like we're going to catch up at some point. We laughed for the whole song. And tried so hard <laughs> to even now think about it. Just trying so hard. Couldn't do it. Anyway, totally off topic. I promise no one's going to laugh while they're supposed to sing this week at Whole Life Church. I can just guarantee that. Actually, this is really uh-huh. kind of nice, too, because last year we weren't able to have an in-house. Oh, that's show. right. So this that would be nice. like first we were, in two years. We were outside at where we were for a picnic, uh, Mead Gardens, right? No. Did last we year we were in-house. I mean, in online. It was only online. It was only online. What did we – oh, that was the, like one of the – maybe that was Easter. When yeah, we first yeah, went outside. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. We weren't. That's right. We we were filming yeah. still church band. And now we're gonna miss the big one back. Yeah. Goodness. And then don't forget after that you have uh candlelight um candlelight Christmas communion. Eve. Yeah, yeah. Communion we'll be Christmas home. Eve. We'll be here for that. And we never miss that. That's yeah. that is my favorite program of the year. Yeah. I just think that Adventist churches don't do that typically, and even some of the other other churches, community churches I've been to, don't do it as well as well, it's, it's, it's been just really, really family. Good. It's a nice family time. Yeah. And, yeah. So we look forward to seeing that. And then uh, just a reminder for those who may be here on Christmas Day, we're doing a very special service on Christmas Day. Oh, really? it, yeah. Uh, at noon. So we only have one service. There's no, uh, for those of you who know what Sabbath schools are, there are, we will not be having <laughs> any of those. Okay. It is just a outdoor service at noon. We're going to sing carols. It's going to be what we would call worship in the round. So basically the hmm. people bring their chair, uh, lawn chairs and just sit in a circle around where we're doing the program. It's going to be largely acoustic. It's going to be um, just really simple and beautiful. I think it's going to be pretty special. And probably one of my favorite things that's uh, scheduled to happen right now is that we're going to be doing a baptism. Outside. So how cool is that? On Christmas Day, doing an outdoor baptism right. in Florida. That's we're, what I love. We're going to yep. be here as well for that. I'm glad we're not missing it. Yeah. All right. Well, as long as we're into big reveals, I mean, are we going to – we promised that this was going to be the big week for our theme for 2022. Well, do you want to save that to the end or you want to do it now? I mean, you're I'm the host, you. so you tell me. No, no. I'm up to you. You're the boss. Oh, see. You brought it up, so we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it now. <laughs> okay. Now, um, do you want me to in post? Do you want me to should – we, should we do the drum roll or should I put one in? I don't know. What would you like better? Oh, boy. Well, at this point now, he's probably going to put one in. I'll put one yeah, in. I'll, I'll drum roll it. So and drum then roll maybe, starts and then now. Maybe, then maybe a cannon shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe the uh, 1812 overture or something. And okay. Then, uh, okay. Then, then we'll get taken down for uh, We're really rights. building this up, guys. <laughs> that, that should be... Uh, in public domain? This should be in public domain. <laughs> I'm just filling time because I'm trying to remember what. <laughs> I remember the logo options that we had to look at. Yeah. For those of you that don't think this is live, right? We, recorded live. we don't have a script in front of us. Uh, I didn't even turn the timer on this one. I, Uh-oh. I'm kidding now. I actually. No, okay. now, I, now I remember. So, anyway. Yeah. So, our theme. <laughs> did we get done with the drum roll? Yeah. Drum roll's done now. Oh, okay. So, uh, our, our theme for next year is. Arise. And um, where we're going with that is we have had about two years of um, this kind of of not doing what we would normally do. We've kind of, you know, been been, uh, you know, having to be at home. And there's, you know, there's been some good reasons for that. But one of the things that we are really kind of going to challenge our church, COVID or not, COVID or not, um, is that to to 
reestablish normal. Hmm, I like if it. if that's the right way of putting it. it, it may not be what it was. Okay, but what we do want to do is we want to reestablish normal, and to me that means arise. Let's get up. Let's go. Let's let's do the mission of our church. Let's be moving towards that vision. Uh, let's arise together and uh, and do that together. We're going to be uh, basing it off of Isaiah chapter sixty verses 1 through 7, so you can look that up at home. You can hmm. hit the pause if you want. But it talks about arise, shine, for your light has come. And the light, of course, is Jesus. It's not that we manufacture light. It's that the light has come, and that's Jesus. And so the the whole point for us is to arise um, and to show Jesus in our community to, like I said, live that mission and vision that we have, living those values that we have at, at Whole Life Church. So I'm really hmm. excited for what that means. We're Kicking off the year with some fantastic small groups. Um, no matter where you're at, if you're a, if you're listening to us in some some other part of the world, uh, you can still be a part of one of our whole groups, a uh, whole life groups, small groups. That's possible. We're doing. We have Zoom options. We have in person options. Really nice. I like um, that. So there's a lot of different ways to get involved. They're at different times of the day and evening and week. So there's just. People have uh, picked different times, so you can find a time that kind of works for you. You can find somebody that you you know that you want to be a part of theirs. I, I'm doing a Zoom with Rochelle, uh, my wife, on Wednesday evenings, so that's that's one that we're doing. And then we're also doing an in person one during our uh, during our Sabbath school time nice. at Whole Life. So that will meet in my office. So uh, Jeff, you're doing you're yeah, doing I'm doing one uh, in. The morning, actually, on Tuesday, and then I'm doing another one on Thursday morning uh, online. That so I'll, I'll be doing, but they were both in the morning, so we'll be doing Tuesdays in person. So if you have Tuesdays in person, Tuesday in person, Thursday online. Okay, yeah. Jeff, do you remember how many groups we have lined up so far? Right now, we've got seventeen, I think, right now. Seventeen. We are hoping to have about ten to fifteen people in each of those groups. Wow. So yeah, you I like can, it. You can see that, so that you know. If, if you wants, want, by the ahead. way, let me just say, if you yeah. want to get online and, and look at the groups and pick one, uh, you can do that at wholelife.church slash, and we're using the book Common Rule. So right. it's wholelife.church slash common rule. Okay. And I will put that in. Common is C-O-M-M-O-N, rule, R-U-L-E, no spaces, so common rule. Yeah. Great book, by the way, that we're going to be going through together. We're all doing the same book. So this, this, these small groups are all the, all the same thing, just different leaders. And uh, the cool thing is the the uh, church is, is purchasing these books, um, so you don't even have to worry about it. We will make sure we get them to you. Uh, the only way you might need to worry about is if you're in some other part of the world, you may need to— to get that book, but uh, we want you to be involved. It's it's a phenomenal book. As a staff, we went through the book together a couple months ago, actually, okay. and it was so good that, that Jeff and I said, man, we ought to be doing this with the whole church. It would be a great book to start a, a new year off with. Great. It's talking, uh, you know, the idea behind the book is that rules are not a bad thing. Rules are actually kind of important in any kind of any kind of society. Um and so he he suggests eight different rules, four of them that you do every day, four of them that are on a weekly basis that he suggests will kind of bring order and purpose to your to your life. It's uh, written by a Christian man. It's a very, very good book. So Great. Yeah. Man, well, there will be a link in today's show notes. So if you don't 
want to try to remember all that, just go there yeah. and click it right from the show notes, swipe up in whatever app you're listening, and that hyperlink will take you directly to where you can sign up. If you have more questions, you can always just email podcast at wholelife.church, and I'll make sure they get to Ken or Jeff to be answered or to whoever would need to take care of that problem. And I think the last time I checked, I believe we have listeners in over 60 countries. I want to say 64 was the last time wow. that we've actually had people download and listen to um, the podcast. So if you're one of those people and you want to be a part of that group, then definitely let us know so we can get that book out to you sooner versus later. And speaking of gifts, which that sounds like a pretty good one to start off the year, I want to go back to last week really quickly. Right. Really last quickly. Last week's sermon, yeah. Because Ken mentioned last week, and I was going to, we were going to talk about it last week, but we got really long last week quickly, and we might get long this week too. But I wanted to at least cover it in, in quick detail because I thought the story of how Ken ended up here at Whole Life Church has been a gift to all of us. You have someone in a leadership position like Andy was for 37 years and you switch and you go, man, if this goes wrong, what if it's another 37 years? <laughs> you know, a long time. <laughs> it's a long time to be bad. The good news with me is that just based on my age, where I'm at right now, you're not going to get me for 37 <laughs> years. It's just not going to happen. Well, now I'm disappointed. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, <laughs> but, but, but it doesn't change anything. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. It doesn't change. So real quickly, tell us, because if the podcast listeners aren't, weren't listening to Speaking of right. Grace or they didn't watch it, they wouldn't know that story. And I think that story to me was in the holiday idea and then especially talking about gifts, how really God gave Whole Life Church the gift of Ken Wetmore and his family. Yeah. I guess the uh, the the quick story of it is that we really weren't out there looking to to move. I I was at the Madison campus Seventh-day Adventist Church up in Nashville, Tennessee. It's about a about 1600 members on their books. Been there for about 5 years and we were just getting done with uh, a major renovation of the church and uh, which I was pretty excited about actually cuz yeah. I'm just the sanctuary had had a complete uh, facelift, and it was just as gorgeous what, the way it's worked out. So anyway, so I, we were just kind of getting done with that, and I um, got a text message from somebody that I respect a lot, and they said, hey, without your permission, I put your name into a job search. That still makes me laugh. Yeah. I've heard the story three times now, and I still just like, hey, sorry. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I, I put your name in, and, and I think if it had been almost anybody other than this person, I would have said, well— Good for you. That's very kind of you for <laughs> to put that in. No, thank you. And I'm moving on. But uh, the person is somebody I respect, like I said. And so the fact that they had put my name in just kind of made me go, okay, well. And so, uh, so you know, I got a phone call from uh, the uh, fantastic folks at Faith Search Partners, who are the organization that was helping out with the uh, search for the uh, senior pastor position at, at Whole Life. And um, just... I got a phone call from them. And they asked, well, are you interested? And I said, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I you know, I guess I am. I, I don't, I, you know, based on the person that uh, that suggested I do that, I, I guess I can, you know, leave my name in and see where things go. I said, I'm not really looking to leave, yeah. but, you know, I'm open to what God may want to do. And so uh, I didn't really give it a lot of thought. I didn't complete transparency. It's just, it is a little bit, 
daunting to look at a position that somebody else has had for 37 years. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it'd be one thing if if the church was, you know, on fire and things were terrible and it, stuff like that. But, you know, Andy's been a great leader at, at Whole Life Church and done a fantastic job and has a, a, just an amazing legacy that uh, that he and everybody at Whole Life should be proud of. And so, you know, the, the one thing they t- tell you when, when you're when you're talking about leadership is, you know, don't go somewhere where somebody's been successful before you because there's yeah. nowhere but down, right? I mean, so, um, you know, find somewhere where it's not been great and then there's only up. And yeah. so, uh, so I, you know, I thought, I don't know, you know, I, I just don't know how that would be. And I, I prayed a lot about it. I said, Lord, you know, I just, whatever, let me be me. And if they like me, that's great. And if they don't, that's great too. I mean, yeah. I just want to be me. And so I did the interviews and uh, kind of near the end, they said, now here are our processes. We're going to fly two or three people down to Orlando for another series of interviews with the staff. And then we'll make a probably a final decision sometime after that. And so, okay. And then I thought, started thinking about it and talked to Rochelle that evening. I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. If they say I've made into the top three, which I don't think I did, but if, if they did, yeah. Um, I'm just going to I'm going to politely just say, hey, congratulations! You've got three people you like, so that means you've got two, yeah, or one, whatever. You have another person you like. Why don't you go ahead and interview them? And if for whatever reason they don't work out, you can give me a call. But mm-hmm. I. So anyway, so the crazy thing was, I got a phone call after all the interviews were over, and they said, hey, we told you that we're going to fly two or three people down. And uh, we not want you to know you're one of our top three. And in fact, you're the only one we're going to fly down. We've decided that, that you're the only one we're going to fly in. And <laughs> well, they um, took away your option. And so, to, to, and well, so they right, took away our option. To, to yeah, they did. You could you could have had somebody much better, but but, <laughs> but I was all you're shown. So there it is. So no. So yeah, but for us, that was just it. Felt like wow, that was just one thing after another that God kind of did that kind of for us solidify that this was where we where were supposed, supposed to be. be. We were That's actually awesome. excited because we I knew a number of the members that he had at his church who were well respected and part of our church actually prior mm-hmm. to and we had had conversations so we were kind of primed a little bit <laughs> which was good and and we were I'm still now just overjoyed with this choice so Absolutely. Oh. So was following Andy better worse? than you initially thought it was going to be? Way better. <laughs> Good. Way better. And just in the sense that, firstly, Andy has been absolutely nothing but supportive, not looking over my shoulder, not – he's just been fantastic. That's um, awesome. And I, I really feel like Andy absolutely set me up for uh, success. I feel like um, I kind of expected to kind of come in and have to kind of prove myself to the staff here, you know, just when you're new. And it just wasn't like that at all. It was just like, hey, you're here. You're part of the team, and we're happy you're here. And it's what you hope for, but it's, I've been around enough that that's not usually how it is. And so um, I think Face Search Partners did a fabulous job in finding um, not the best-looking pastor, not the <laughs> smartest pastor, not the best speaker, but the right pastor for this church. And I think that that it's like you can see two amazing people date each other and get married and they don't work, even though they're both amazing people. Yeah. And it's the same thing when you're trying to match pastors with churches. You can have an amazing church, you can have an amazing pastor, and it just doesn't work because the values don't line up or whatever it is. And it says a lot of this conference that they allowed this to happen and and not only allowed it, but were supportive. We're part, you know, Orlando Lopez, the vice uh, president for ministerial, was a part of the process. 
and yet at the same time was very uh, allowed the church to do what the church felt like was best for it. And I, I just I, I've been just really impressed. I just think, well, the I think whole yeah, process they, went. they do deserve that. That's good. And I think, I mean, just the results speak yeah. for themselves that the process went. Extremely, yeah. extremely well. All right. Well, let's get back to this week. Our focus was on gifts. And uh, the verse that we worked from this week was Isaiah 9, 6, that said, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And I thought that when you were uh, initially starting to talk about gifts and then you, you talked about your friendship with Furman Fordham Jr. or Puck, as you refer yep. to him as his friend, and the discussion about having relationships and friendships with people who don't look like us, maybe don't think like us, uh, maybe don't act like us. And I I really thought that that story had so many good points to it and such a I wouldn't miss the is what I'm telling you. If you're if you're listening to this and you you're not listening to Speaking of Grace, you can catch it there, of course, and swipe up in today's show notes the link directly to that episode will be there. And then but or just catch the message, whole life dot church, and right on the top you can see the sermon. But that the story never I never felt like even though you said the words white privilege mm-hmm. and that you had things you felt maybe odd asking him or Mm -hmm. the realization of here's two Adventist pastors in close proximity to each other with very different stories. And then we had a comment from someone online that just said they felt disappointed that we had discussed white privilege. And yet I didn't didn't see that comment until later. And it came up in Q&A and you, uh, you addressed it. But I didn't think of it in that context, even though those were your words. But what I really felt like was how many people around us that you kind of forget that you're different than them and you forget that, oh, you you know, we probably have different backgrounds. We may have come from different places and we all see things a little bit differently. But speaking to that point specifically, it seemed very controversial. And and then afterwards when someone was like, well, I'm, I'm disappointed in this and then you addressed it both Q&A and then a little bit afterwards. What do we miss if we're only seeing that, you know, we can we can realize and we can admit that maybe things were a little easier for us in certain parameters than others. And that can be any any one of us or and for any number of reasons. But when it seems like when we get our ire up about things when it comes to equality and when it comes to race and it comes to even Christians, how we, we kind of rank sins amongst ourselves, what do we miss out on when we see it only in that in that context? Because if to me to and I'm not I'm certainly not throwing shade at the person that asked the question because it's a fair question to ask or a comment to make if that's how you feel. But I feel like we miss there's gotta be something we're missing if we're we're getting hung up on one piece of it when the story you shared was beautiful and the things that you were able to, you know, understand from him and vice versa and this wonderful connection and friendship, not just a collaboration, but a friendship comes out of it in probably a place or maybe that you would have never expected. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting thing to me. I think this is the danger of my preaching style <laughs> um, is that something that has really nothing to do with this particular sermon, because this was not a sermon about white privilege. <laughs> no, it was This was a sermon about friendship. Yeah. And 
when I preach, one of the things that I like to do is I don't, I really like to, I love to use metaphors and I don't like to always explain them all the way out. I don't know if it was, sometimes that works really well and sometimes it doesn't. I don't know how many people really caught the point that I was making is that think about how different God is from us. Yeah, for sure. Think about the huge difference. And so when you talk about Puck and myself, there's this quote-unquote color difference. There's cultural differences there. Well, that what do you think about God? When God became human, he, there was all—I mean, there's complete it difference. It doesn't right? get any more. <laughs> and, and how did—with yeah. his friendship, how does he transform us? Yeah. As we enter into that relationship with him, as I mean, if he had not come as as a baby, if as we celebrate this Christmas season, how would the conversation be different? To me, mm-hmm. it, it speaks to the fact that that God entered into our lives the same way that Puck and I entered into each other's lives. Uh, it's one thing uh, because I had a I had a, a good friend. Who made some really good points? Uh, she, you know, she mentioned to me. She said, "Ken, you know, one of the things you need to, because we were she she watched the sermon. We were talking about this later, and she was saying, well, you know, Ken, it's you know, a lot of people of color get really tired of having to explain things to, you know, to white people who like, you know, it, it gets tiresome to constantly be like, yes, there is this problem, there is racism, yes, and well, oh, what do you mean there is? And prove it, and it, it gets very tiring, right? Sure, yeah. Of and course. so, and, it's, and she made a good point that it, that it, it would be really great if, as you know, as a white person, that I would just grab some books, do some reading, study history, and and kind of see the things. And I think she's right about that. I can imagine how tiring it would be to just constantly having to be explained the issues that you see that are having a real impact. You know, black parents who have to have a different conversation with their kids when their kids start to drive than I have to have with my children. Sure, yeah. It gets tiring to do that. And yet, my experience tells me this. Reading books, all the books in the world, does not change things nearly as much as a friendship does. Um, That's one of the things that we see over and over and over again when it comes to understanding any community that isn't like you. The the fastest way to to change your viewpoints and to to see the world through a different lens is through friendship. Reading's great. I'm not discounting that. It's it's a great window. But friendship, friendship is what makes a huge difference. Um, when you have a friend, you're invested in them personally. You start yeah. caring when they're not treated right. You start caring. The fact that we have Carla Meunier on our staff who is in a wheelchair has changed the way yeah, that we absolutely. do things as a, as a staff, and that's not a bad thing. We love her, and we, it's a good thing because now we are more conscious of wanting to do things that don't get in the way or exclude her because she's in that wheelchair. Um, and so the, the point that I really wanted people to walk away from that sermon with was – that the God of the universe gifted us with his friendship. Yeah. And that friendship, as I said, friendships friendships transform. Anything else is just an acquaintance. Uh, but friendships transform us. And Jesus came, he gifted us with himself to transform us and make us better. And um, And so... It's an interesting thing to me that there are certain words in our in our vocabulary that when we put them out there, it completely 
moves conversations in a different direction and raises emotions. And um, with all that being said, now what I'll jump to is the white privilege thing that I do want to touch on as well. Again, one of my friends suggested that um, another way for for people who who really struggle with that, another way to look at it is the word advantage. If you don't like the word privilege, think about advantage. There's advantages. And when I sat down and and had conversations, when I've read books, which I have, I've read a ton of books on this, it's pretty inescapable that I have advantages that my friend Puck did not have. And for me, it's pretty obvious. For the, I know that there are people out there that are offended by that idea, that it just it really really rankles them. That they say that that's just uh, you know that's a figment. There's a plenty plenty of people who make a living off of screaming on TV and in oh, radio yeah. about this. But it's hard to not look at this country and see that there have been a lot of disadvantages dealt out to people of color. And there have been a lot of advantages given to people who are white. And if we if we have a hard time grappling with that, I'm not really sure why. I'm not sure why that bothers people, why why it bothers – well, let me rephrase it. I, I think the reason why it bothered well, – let me speak to myself. I know why it bothered me okay. before I had my friendships and before things started. I think it bothered me because I felt like it was somebody saying, Ken, you didn't earn – Right. Yeah. What you have, you don't deserve to have it, and it should be taken away from you. Right. Remember what we said jealousy is? Jealousy is the fear that something is going to be taken away, away from you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so what I have become more comfortable with is this. If somebody thinks that I have advantages, my question is not does that make me less of a person, but rather my question is if I have advantages – how can I help other people who don't have those advantages? Because – why wouldn't I want to? I mean, it's a very easy thing to start pointing and saying, well, you know, this, that, and another. But when you start looking at the historical reasons why things are the way they are, you start seeing some patterns that are actually kind of quite disturbing. And so my goal in life is not to hang on to my advantages. My my goal in life is to live like Jesus, yeah. who didn't hang on to his advantages and became human. Yeah. Well, and I think there's an awareness, no matter who you are, that can only come with either a friendship. Like you said, it's it's a relationship that changes your perspective. And when someone who hasn't had that same experience, again, like you said, you can get tiring talking about it. I never understood or had the same empathy for people in the special needs community until we had Sparkle. And now... You know, it's it can be tiresome sometimes when, you know, you're just like, man, it would just be so much easier if, <laughs> you know, this was not the case and, and we didn't have to explain things or we'd have to deal with certain things that people don't understand. But the relationship, once you once you have that relationship and you have that perspective, it's also hard not to share it with people that are maybe not – they're not intentionally ignorant about it. They just don't. They just don't know. So I think your your point is so. To me, was so well taken. I it hit me right in the forehead because I thought of the same thing of how the person I was before she was born, and the person I am now. And then immediately I thought of when you were talking about Puck, 
of people who don't look like me at Whole Life Church. There's a lot of them. And I am friends with quite a few that have changed my perspective on a lot of things that you hear about and you think you kind of understand. But until you've had conversations with someone that's actually lived it, just like I've lived it with Emily, then you start to understand, oh, right. And then you don't have to always, you don't always have to ask questions. A lot of them get answered just in conversation. And I think it's us investing in ourselves too, but you're investing in them. You're investing in that friendship and it's an investment in yourself. And I think that's a, to me, that was a big takeaway for just personally. I think there is, uh, you know, as we look, think about this as Jesus being our, our, our friend, which I, I just love. But a lot of times people will say, and you'll hear this, you know, I've got enough friends. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Yeah. or because transformation <laughs> is fearful if you actually believe, yeah. you know, because having relationships is transformational. And if transformational in your mind, in the back of your mind is saying, I'm going to lose something or mm, I'm going to yeah. miss, uh, I'm going to miss all the things that I've built up for myself because now I've got to share or somehow I've got to allocate or, figure out a way to create something beneficial for this other person that came into my life. That doesn't look appealing because all of a sudden we look at friendships as being intrusive and uh, somewhat um, we, we kind of look at it from the standpoint of I'm, I, I've only got enough of this. I've only got so much time. And so the scarcity mindset comes in. And so I do think that there are people who resist this kind of thing because there's fear that I'm all you know I'm already used up and now you're asking me to have this relationship where I'm going to transform and we don't see it as a positive thing but as you went through this and I thought man alive you know that fear keeps us out of, and avoiding all of those things keeps us from having something that would actually bring we talked about this last week bring real joy into our yeah. lives but I think they also were fearful of that maybe just speaking of white privilege that well what if they ask me to fix something or carry something well for that's them, the other part of the fear i'm, I'm going to take that burden on for whatever is going on in your life the advantages that i have that you don't that you're carrying that actually, are you going to ask me to do something about that are you going to ask me to carry something or are you going to ask me to give you something that i have so and and my answer to that would be i would hope so because honestly if we're friends and you need something when my family had COVID, your wife was texting me. Ken was texting me. I mean, 15 people from Whole Life Church were immediately texting going, we heard you had COVID. We, do, you guys need, do you guys need food? What a blessing. And that's – that. I mean, getting food is a burden yeah. and delivering it. That's something that we're – and, yeah. it, you know, you, you offer it because yeah. you feel for your friend, right? Yeah. And I think that's the part that we miss out on because we just had – we just got the opportunity to pay that back to somebody else. And you know when they're when they're emotional because of something you're investing in them, I mean that's a blessing for us. Yeah, a friendship is expensive. Can we just be honest about it? It really is. <laughs> yeah. Friendship there is an go. expensive thing. It requires your time. It, it requires energy. Sometimes it can re- require finances. It can mean at times that you offer your friendship to somebody that you don't really feel like you're getting yeah. that much out of it for you. The hard part of our society is that we have become such a zero-sum society where if I'm not getting anything, if I'm only giving, then it. it's not worth it. I'm yeah. not going to do it. And, and we're being taught that that's, that's okay. And, it, and 
that's not okay in the Christian in faith. Circles, no. In the Christian faith, this is not a zero-sum game where— and I'm not at all suggesting that we should become doormats for the world or get right, walked right. all over or anything like that. But what I am suggesting is that the Christian life is supposed to be characterized as a life of sacrifice and giving. And we're we're pretty um, allergic to sacrifice. I am. Don't like it. I kind of know what I need to do. And because there's so many other things within grasp for me, it's just easy for me to say, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, the other part that I would say to you, Randy, is um, you and Heather are so involved at at Whole Life, and so it doesn't surprise me at all that you had a bunch of people texting you asking how you're doing. I think one of the things that hurts my heart a little bit is the people that I hear about in previous churches I've been in where they're like, you know, I was sick and nobody ever checked on me. Nobody offered to do anything for me. And if I could just make a humble observation because it's not— because it's not here at Whole Life, it's at other places I've been. But one of the observations I would make is that oftentimes when that happened, that is a person who has contributed absolutely nothing to the church. In other words, they don't go out of their way to be involved with things. They they are somebody who maybe shows up for church every so often, and then they're really offended when the church isn't there for them in their time of need, but they have never been there for anybody else in their time of need. And again, I don't want to get into the zero-sum no, thing, I, but at the same time, if you want to live in community, you've got to live in community. Yeah. You've got to go ahead and be involved, and people have to know you. You have to be known, and that's not an excuse for the church not to help out the marginalized, the people who aren't. But what it is is you know, if you really want the, the true joy and benefits of community, you've got to give You've got to be in the game. You've got to be a part of things. You've got to be finding ways to to be making friends and to be having friends and to do, be doing what good friends do. And so, you know, my encouragement is just yeah. be involved. Well, it's one. Of, it's actually in mental health. Even it's one of the first things you ask. Right? You say, "What's your support network look like?" and and I'm not saying that you do that for those times when all of a sudden, oh, oh man, I'm suffering from a lot of depression. I don't have anybody to lean on. You're not doing it for those things times. But when times like that do happen, you do look and you say, okay, what do I have? Well, who are my resources of people that I look to and say, these are friends? Even if you're alone and you know you have friends, like say for instance, I've my daughter was in another country and she was doing student missionary and she was she goes, boy, I just haven't felt this alone and my family's in another spot. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. gone, but she knew she still had friends. Even in her own mind, she knew who her friends were. Sure, and that's important. I think we all need to think about that from time to time. Is you're far more bankrupt. If you have no friends, then if you had no money, mm-hmm. yeah. you're far more Without bankrupt. Yeah. Well, and I think part, we feel those parts yeah. more so when we're in those situations. But, and I would dare to say, and, and with a, a lot of confidence, that if someone at Whole Life Church was in that situation where maybe they hadn't been as involved, and you know maybe they were newer, maybe they'd done it by choice, whatever. I feel like if someone knew that yeah. someone was in trouble that we would have a bunch of people there to help. I have no doubt and, about that. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and you're right, though, Ken. In another situation, in another church may not be the same way. But so I feel like, you know, if, if you're listening and, and there's something that you need or something that is 
I would just hope that we would let each other know when someone is is in need of something or, you know, has gotten ill or it's not always just about delivering food to someone's house or whatever, but it's a conversation that can happen in the lobby. It's it's a, it's an invitation to lunch. It's in whatever that might be. And I just I would hope that we would extend to everyone just that invitation to be friends and, and take care of each other because it's uh, it means the world, even in good times when you yeah. feel like Especially, right? Yeah. And I I will say we don't – you know, we are not perfect. No. There have been lots of people missed. And and I'm sure that's over the years. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and if, you know, if you are one of those persons that gets missed – I think one of the more embarrassing things, I, I know there are pastors who say, I've never missed, uh, you know, when somebody's asked me to do something, I've always followed through. And uh, man, I've always wanted to be that pastor, but I'm I'm so guilty of getting a text message, seeing it, forgetting about oh, it, not, not answering yeah. it, a phone call here and there. And so, you know, one of the things I'd say about friends is that, you know, if you try to reach out to a friend and they don't return your phone call, you call them back again. You're yeah. like, you don't assume that they don't like you anymore. And, and my, my encouragement, you know, is... Uh, you know, if if we have if whole life has at some point harmed you, please reach out to us and let us know so we can try to make it right. You know, and that's not not blame you, but just try to make it yeah. right. You know, yeah. but you know, it kind of goes. You know, all this to me, Randy, just goes back to the main thesis of what I was trying to yep. say. Yep. The greatest gift anybody can give anybody is friendship. friendship. Yeah. To me, that's it. I mean, it's, that's the greatest gift anybody can give anybody is their friendship. Well, I threw. All my show notes out except the first one because the conversation went where it needed to go. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation because some of these things, you can talk about white privilege and you say it's uncomfortable. And you can say, well, you know, some people don't have friends because they're not engaged and they don't engage. And that's uncomfortable. And because, you know, maybe at some point we've been in that situation yep. and you go, oh, man, I hate to hate to say it. But then you realize you're is it's exactly right. Friendship is the greatest gift. And when you look around and you see these groups of people that are at church for, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes afterwards. And if, if you're a deacon, you're like, hey, if you guys, when you're done, if you could go out these end doors so I can lock up, that would be wonderful. Stay and talk for the afternoon. But just, just go out that way if you would. You know, that makes you it makes you happy to see that people yeah. are making connections and that True. there truly is a, a family feeling. So. As we wrap up, we've already gone longer than normal, and but I just, I, man, I'm glad we've had this conversation. We just finished the Love Is series, and you know we find these these simple gifts that they seem so simple, and yet there's so many there's so many layers, just like an mm-hmm. onion that goes with them. But I just want to jump right to the ending of Ken's message. He said, "This Christmas, it's simple. The greatest gift ever given is friendship with God. If we can just remember." that and then remember to reciprocate to those that you know if we find someone who looks maybe a little lost a little lonely at church a simple hey how you doing an introduction and if you're feeling lucky that day maybe an invitation to lunch or you know well let the let the spirit move as it will and it might be you might be making someone really really happy quick shout out to denise we know she's listening now <laughs> okay okay cuz she did uh, she <laughs> she said <laughs> She sent me an email this week, and she was just laughing that I called her out for the secret phone number question. But she said, great podcast, by the way, you guys, uh, and you are welcome, period. <laughs> and that she she gave us the prayer, praying hands emojis. So, Denise, thank you for praying for the podcast. We need all the help we can get. Yeah. And that's awesome. So thank you for listening. Thank all of you for listening. And next week, it is Simple Peace. Is that right? 
Is that I next believe week? this week is simply Christmas. I mean, oh, I think did because I miss it? this did is I do our the wrong big one? no. I think that uh, okay. we might have adjusted a little bit over okay. time. So we're uh, just Christmas. This is this is our big <laughs> Christmas one. So there well, you Chris, go. Don't miss it because we have we have music, a lot of music this week, yep. right? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to miss it. So there you go. So come take Randy's spot. Yeah, I'll watch online. You'll have four spots. The whole Maygrave tribe is going to be All right. South Carolina for the weekend. But have we'll a be good back. time. I, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, these are our plans that were pre-Thanksgiving yeah. and then Thanksgiving and then COVID wiped out both of those. <laughs> so this is a redo. So we will be gone, but I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. That's going to do it for this week. Um, I want to be your friend. So if you are in the lobby the next time I'm there, two weeks. Just come up, say hello, introduce yourself, say hi, Randy. Shake a hand, do a fist bump, do whatever you do. Or I can give you Randy's cell phone if you want yeah, me to. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be happy to answer you. 407-965-1607. There you go. That was a brave Ooh. thing to do. <laughs> That's 509-481-8457. There you go. That's the podcast number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you got me. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and have a great week.